Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Devin. And today, we're going to be talking about Blumhouse's latest horror film, which is titled The Black Phone. Ooh, The Black Phone. Spooky stuff. My phone's... Well, my phone was black. Now it's like a dark blue. But... Eh, close enough. Mine's red. Yours is red? Oh, you got the, the iPhone red? Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, showing the uh, support out there. I feel it. I feel it. Represents. But before we begin today's episode, just wanted to let you guys know you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FemOptics. That is Optics with an X. Or you can email us at FemOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, how was your weekend? It was a pretty solid weekend, just hanging out, hanging out with Ethan Hawke. Oh, God. I thought, I was like, are Ethan? Like, <laughs> I mean, you could have. I don't know. <laughs> like, hey, I mean... Our, our Ethan's kind of cool, but I think Ethan Hawke's a little, you know, a little bit higher on the totem pole there. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so uh, you've been, uh, how far, how's, um, you said you were playing uh, Fallen Order. Have you like dove into that anymore or? Yeah, I'm almost done, I think. Oh man. I just finished a Plague Tale Requiem, not Requiem, I'm sorry, Innocence, the first one. Uh, very good game. Um, just kind of, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what else to play. I actually might dive into some, uh, Fallen Order, because I've not played it myself, but it's been sitting on my shelf here for a while. So maybe it's about time I uh, finish another backlog game here. But yeah, nothing too crazy this weekend. You know, watch some Black Phone. Um, didn't watch too much else. Oh, I started watching Multiverse of Madness on Disney+. Plus. I got to say, on my OLED TV, it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it. It is... Whew, I, I kind of want to start it over because I got to like to the halfway point just to like experience it all over again because man, it looks beautiful. But Devin, oh, Devin, are you ready to get into this review? The real reason why we're here. Pick up the phone. Beep, beep. There's no one there. <laughs> it's, it is that, that classic trope where it's like, oh, the phone rang. And then it's like that heavy breathing on the other side. It's just like. <sighs> Usually phones don't ring when, when there's a. When there's wires coming out of it that aren't connected to anything. Yeah, that is very true. It, it almost felt like, you know, the uh, the kid from Hey Arnold who also, like, he did, like, the heavy breathing behind uh, Helga, and she always, like, punched him in the face. It felt yeah. it felt like that. Like, he answered up the phone, it's like, hello? And he's like, <sighs> it's like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah, but so apparently this this movie is based off of like a short story. So um, we'll be right back before we get before I get ahead of myself. We'll be right back after this introduction to the black phone. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. It's new. The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Goof. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. 
I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? And we are back with our review of The Black Phone. You just heard a little snippet of the trailer, so I hope you guys are excited. Uh, this is the third horror movie we covered. Technically, the third, because I covered uh, Men solo, because uh, Devin was um, MIA at the moment. So, yeah, I think this is like the third horror movie we've c- covered. No, this is the fourth, because we did X, Scream, um, I did the solo of men and then this is the fourth one that we've covered here on the show. Yeah. So the director is Scott Derrickson. Uh, writers include Joe Hill, Scott Derrickson and C Robert Cargill and stars Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw and Ethan Hawke himself, just to name a few. And the story is as follows after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the previous, um, from the killer's, excuse me, from the killer's previous victims, which sounds very interesting. There's been a lot of rave about this on Twitter and just on the internet in general. People seem to be enjoying it on both sides. Uh, it is sitting at 84% for uh, critics on the tomato meter. And for audience, it's sitting at a 90%. Um, so I'm actually going to pass it over to Devin so he can give his initial reactions. But before I do, just to let you guys know, uh, if you are new here to the show, we usually get into our initial reactions first. Then we head into spoilers. Uh, sometimes we'll mention a few Easter eggs along the way. If there's any type of you know, uh, parallels between the film that we're talking about and other movies or TV shows. Then we get into our final thoughts and then our ratings. So Devin, take it away. What are your initial thoughts about the black phone? Yeah. You mentioned earlier, it's based on a kind of short story by Joe Hill, who's actually the son of Stephen King. So we got some, some good lineage there. And then it's, it's also kind of a reunion here, this movie between Ethan Hawke and Scott Derrickson. They did sinister before another great horror movie that, uh, I remember you, being a little too afraid to watch back when it came out. I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time to come back around on that one. Uh, you've matured. You've matured as a horror watcher. I think it's there's like a threshold though. There's like a line I feel like I cannot cross. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe if it's like during the day, like when people are around me, you know, it's like super bright outside. I don't know. I don't know if I can watch it by myself, but. Sinister's got probably the best jump scare of all time. I'm just going to tell you that now. Well, now, see, you should not have told me that because you should have kept that quiet. I, I didn't say when. I didn't say what. I didn't say who. It's just, you'll see. That is true. So <laughs> go ahead, continue. I was definitely really uh, very much so looking forward to this one just because of the fact that it is a reunion between Scott Derrickson and Ethan Hawke. This is actually the first movie Scott Derrickson's done since he kind of parted ways with multiverse of madness midway through um yeah it's definitely an interesting concept you you see the trailer and you see this just insane mask like the mask is so well made it it really is probably the the biggest part of the movie just seeing his his face and the different like configurations it has it it's just it's super creepy and then ethan Hawke's performance is amazing as always he just always brings that gravitas to the performance um i do kind of wish there was more of him in the movie 
it seems like there's a few a set few scenes that he's in that were also in the trailer. So it, you don't you don't get too much new footage of him, but he's definitely definitely a creepy guy. Uh, overall, I really like the the movie. There's a couple of parts that didn't really add too much to the story that I felt like didn't need to be there specifically around the brother and kind of the different houses. But we can talk about that later. Um, whenever you have kids involved in a horror movie, it kind of elevates everything and makes it like that much more intense and that much more scary, I guess, because they're kids. Like You don't expect to see kids put in these situations, and that's what makes it even scarier. But it, it's cool to see a story where, where kids are helping out kids and getting the job done. Yeah, definitely a uh, a nice little tale of a brother-sister uh, love support here. Um, as far as my uh, reactions, I feel like mine kind of align with yours. Um, I didn't really know how to feel about this. I mean, I think it's a really good horror movie. Uh, like you said, uh, I loved Ethan Hawke in this movie, the mess that... Um, that they made for this like super super creepy and i remember watching that the first one the first one he puts on where there's no mouth it's just yeah wow yeah that's insane it's crazy because like i i got a little bit of like joker vibes from him just a smidge where he's kind of like yeah there's a there's definitely a joker laugh in there yeah. at some point and, and it's it's so you know it is menacing you know even hawk is a phenomenal actor and he it really like out of any other actor out there i mean there are a select few but he is part of the select few that really just gives his all in no matter what movie he's in and it's just i always love watching his performance uh but like you said you know he does i thought, I thought the two main kids were great too the brother and sister especially the sister she was she was like really impressive yeah gwen uh who was played by madeline mcgraw uh she was probably my favorite character of the entire movie if i'm being honest uh it gives you you know she's got quite the, quite the, the potty mouth dude I, it, it gave me like the stranger things vibes i don't know what it is but it's it's always funny when a child just like completely cusses out like a grown adult and they just oh, don't look at that. <laughs> she was she was the voice of young katie in the mitchell's earth machines she was she was also in uh toy story 4 as yeah, well she was bonnie yeah she was bonnie yeah and she was in ant-man and the wasp wow she was that's where i remember her from because i think i was like i've seen her somewhere uh for sure there's young hope yeah yeah young hope so, yeah, I, I think um, I think Madeline McGraw's performance is probably like the best for me. But I really did enjoy the brother sister, you know, dynamic, you know, uh, between Mason Thames, who plays Finney for the longest time in this movie. I thought they were saying Vinny. I'm like, oh, his name is Vincent. And I'm like, oh, it's Finn, like Finn, <laughs> like from Star Wars. We never really get what his what his full name is. Is it Finney? Is it Phineas? Finnery, Phineas, Finnery and Fur, Finnegan, uh, Phineas and Gwen. There you go. That could be a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, could be definitely. But yeah, Mason Thames did a great job as well. You know, playing the uh, the older brother. But we see them kind of going from this, like they're from like this broken home, and their dad, um, a bit schizophrenic. I feel like definitely um, more. Yeah, there's there's some scary parts even before we get introduced to. I guess we can call him the Grabber, which another small but. Small complaint for me. Not a great name. Not a not a very intimidating name. What would you call her? Such a. <laughs> see, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know. It's just the snatcher. I feel like, 
I feel like the name doesn't do justice to how creepy he is. Yeah, I I feel like the grabber was more so of you know kids just making up like a random name for someone. Oh, like he's a grabber. What's he do? Oh, he grabs children. He kills them. Kind of situation. So I I definitely feel like that that nickname uh, was coined from the uh, the kid side of the story because I believe this story takes place in. 1970 1978 yeah, 1978 the so. same year as halloween oh yeah wow i did not realize that so it's it's always great to see like these it's you know this urban myth type situation no one knows what happens to these kids um overall i i thought it was a good story um i think it is a good horror movie but i don't think it necessarily wowed me there are a few like twists and turns um especially with um, the ending, which we'll get into here with the spoilers here in a second. But um, yeah, it's, you know, Madeline McGraw, uh, Mason Thames, you know, they're kind of just looking out for each other. Madeline's kind of like this, they kind of allude to her being like a medium almost in a way, you know, she's able to like connect with the spirits of these kind of like the shining mm, yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah that's uh-huh. oh, okay yes yeah i get it i get it stephen king's written all over no <laughs> yeah but i i did enjoy it i just don't i i can't say i was like blown away like obviously this is not like a slasher type horror movie it is more of the you know it's it's kind of like with prisoners like you know like the the abduction of like these kids like everyone loves like a good type of like taken type movie and i think this is like good horror taken type movie um but it didn't like blow blow my socks away but i thought the runtime was justified with it being around an hour and 42 minutes and yeah i mean good performances about around everyone i just wish ethan hawk was more in the story because you know he is the big bad but we don't see too much of him i'm not sure if they were doing like a darth vader effect where like in the original trilogy like darth vader is always there but they seldom like very rarely use him to kind of you know oh like it's him you know he's back like what's he gonna do on screen this time but i think what they did with ethan hawk um, kind of justifies that I'd say maybe like 50, 50, but I just wish we would have saw maybe a little bit more of his backstory, but yeah, there have been, there have been some complaints about just not seeing more of like who he is, but I've, I've kind of like how they have it because mm. it just kind of adds to the, the creepy factor. Cause it, it's just a guy, like it, it can just be anybody in your neighborhood. That's kind of what makes it so scary. It's just like, he's just a normal guy that's walking around and, and you would never know. That is a very good point. And I was actually thinking about that last night because I was uh, talking to a few people who want to go see it. And they're like, yeah, they're like, well, they kind of said they wish they would have gotten more of Ethan Hawke's backstory as the grabber. I wish I would have seen just more of him in the movie, but I don't think we needed. Yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier. I wish there were more scenes of him just kind of being the grabber. Right. Like, I don't think we needed necessarily a backstory for him, but I just wish we would have seen more of him on screen. I do agree with you. I don't think like, like you said, it could be anybody in your neighborhood and like, and unfortunately when it comes to like these abductions, there isn't necessarily like a rhyme or reason as to why they do it. Some people are just not right in the head and they do it because they, because they, they think it's okay. They, you know, they're, they're living in their own world 
and they're not really, you know, they're, they're not aware of how this, you know, is affecting people and they're a little bit, yeah. you know, sick in the head. But so it's like, it, it could be anyone. They keep it open-ended as to what his motivations are, because you can kind of put some pieces together. Maybe he had a questionable past with, with abuse in his childhood, but who knows? Or, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming, so Ethan Hawke's character has a brother in this movie. Um, I think Ethan Hawke is the older brother. Um, but yeah, let's actually get into spoilers because I feel like we're going that way anyway. So ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into our spoiler section. So that was your first spoiler warning for the black phone. Again, that is your second spoiler warning for the black phone. So if you haven't seen it, it is playing in theaters only. Uh, definitely go watch it, uh, with some friends. My theater was like semi packs. I went like mid afternoon on a Saturday. Um, there was a lady next to me who was like enjoying it just as much as I was, uh, especially during, uh, uh, Finney's situation with his friends in this movie and him, you know, always getting like his butt kicked by these bullies and, you know, his little crush and whatnot. Like it was so funny. And of course, you know, Madeline, uh, Madeline McGraw playing as Gwen, her just cussing out all these cops and whatnot. Like she just did not care. And she fart knocker. <laughs> as soon as she said that, I'm not even lying. I busted out laughing because it, it was, it was, it, a, it, it catches you off guard. That's for sure. It really does. It's, it's, it's like fart knocker. And then when they say in stranger things, like mouth breather and all that stuff, like these old terms for like, you know, bullies and stuff like that, that aren't really a thing anymore. But it's like, when you hear it, it's just, it's like, where did that even come from? It's like, what is the origin of this, of this degrading name that you're calling like these cops that are trying to figure out what happened to your brother that has been taken by Ethan Hawke. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so uh, my, my theater experience was, was definitely interesting. I saw it last night at about 10 PM. Why do you do this were, to yourself? <laughs> that's, that's just the time that worked out with, with me and some of the, some of the guys. Yeah. But there were, there were multiple children in our theater. Oh no. Like one was probably five to 10. And then there was another that was a straight up infant. I was like, what What are we doing here? First of all, this is not a movie you take your kids to, and just in general. Let alone And then anything. you're doing it at 10 p.m. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand. It's like, oh, you know, little Jimmy's having a hard time falling asleep. Let's go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, a movie about kids being abducted. That that five-year-old or five to ten-year-old, he's probably scarred for the rest of his life. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, my parents took me to go see this black phone movie and this dude in this creepy mask like snatching up children. And that's probably why he doesn't like horror movies. He's going to grow up to be a movie fan and hate horror movies now because of the black phone. But let alone taking your child to, or not even a child, like an infant. Like I went to go see the dark nights. I can't remember if we went to go see it together, but this is a separate time. I went with my cousin and uh, his friends and someone just brought like an infant into the theater and like this info was like crying obviously throughout the movie. So Christopher Nolan movie. So, you know, you have this, these grand like scores and whatnot. And then I was like, I told the lady, I was like, um, can, can you put your baby on vibrate please? Cause like, this is not the place for a movie theater for like an infant. And she looked at me like, like she was like right in front of us. I was like, excuse me, miss, can you put your baby on vibrate? Like this is, this is not the place for that. 
And she just looked at me and then she didn't say anything. And then like maybe 10 minutes later, her baby kept crying and she eventually left. I'm like, why would you like, I understand you want to get out for a bit, but like, don't bring an infant. This is probably like the last place you want to bring a kid or an infant to like, if you can't find a sitter, I get it, but don't bring them to a movie theater to like ruin everyone else's experience. Regardless, I already saw the movie, but it's like, it's just very annoying. Maybe maybe they were taking their kids as a cautionary tale for stranger danger. Maybe. Don't talk to magicians. Don't talk to yeah. With with black balloons and like and of course it goes back to the van situation where like, oh, like don't go to the creepy dude like in, in the white van or whatever. In this case it's a yeah, black it was, van. It was like it was like an epidemic in the seventies and eighties. Like mm-hmm. it happened so much back then. Yeah, because I mean, you know, they didn't really have the technology we have today and like all this other crazy stuff but yeah i mean getting into like spoilers you know we we kind of we see the past uh was it like four or five victims that have been killed by the grabber and of course one of those victims being uh finney's friends who uh yeah that was heartbreaking yeah that was actually very heartbreaking i believe his name and it's robin robin okay it's not showing here on imdb and i was looking through yeah, this movie had a had a surprising amount of like emotional like beats to it. Like mm-hmm. you expect the, the horror elements, but it's also got a good emotional backbone too. So yeah, especially the relationship between Robin and uh, Finny, not Vinny. So I swear to God, I thought that man's name was Vinny. It wouldn't make more sense, but I guess Finny is whatever. But you know, the relationship between Robin and uh, Finny was was pretty nice. And then of course we get this. Um, we get this scene between Madeline McGraw playing Gwen and the father who is, I think that's Jeremy Davis Davies Davies. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we kind of get the, the, the whipping with the belt abusive scene. Like, I think she did it. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It's it, it I I can imagine that being hard to watch for a lot of people. Um, for me, I'm I'm able to just kind of like stomach that kind of stuff. I mean, Django Unchained is like one of my favorite movies of all time, and I mean, well, come on, you know, there's a lot of uh, abuse in that movie, but um, I think she played the heck out of that scene. I think it was done in a great way to where you didn't like physically, like you kind of physically saw it, but it was like off screen. At the same time, like the way it was edited, I thought was done very nicely um, where, you know, you you saw the emotional beats coming from Gwen and then, you know, Finney kind of coming in to try to like help his sister because their father, Terrence, uh, played by Jeremy Davies, um, their mother's not in the picture, you know, killed herself. And I'm assuming that kind of like led to him drinking all day. So it, it's a classic thing of like, you know, the sixties, seventies where the, the parent, the kids are taking care of the parents instead of the other way around type situation. And of course, uh, Gwen going to stay at her friend's house on Fridays, probably due to that uh, type of situation. So it's always, yeah, you know, it's kids looking out for each other type situation, but it, it, it was a very uh, powerful scene. And I, I can definitely imagine a lot of people, you know, being turned away from that. But I mean, it's, it's kind of, unfortunately, that's kind of just how it was like back in the 60s, 70s, like honestly, all the way up, probably like through the 90s, to be completely honest with you when it came to the old uh, the old belt situation. But a uh, great scene. But I think it added a lot of context to the story of why these kids are, you know, it's 
all about the children type situation. And it's kind of like even even after escaping, they kind of have to go home to a kind of similar situation in a way. Yeah, similar situation, but not being locked in a basement. <laughs> but yes, definitely yeah, and, a a nobody's watching you sleep. Yeah, that was a creepy part. Like, what did you want? There's a few lines that that he delivers where it's just like spine tickling, like so creepy. What did, what, what was the name of the game that Robin said? Naughty Boy, I think it was, or yeah. one of the the Paper Boy, one of the other previous victims had said, "Oh, like it's a trap." You know, like he left. Um, Ethan the Grabber leaves the door slightly unlocked when Finney is taken to see if he's going to try to make his grand escape. But it's like, obviously he knew what he was doing. He's sitting upstairs like with this shirtless and this mask. And then so such a freak. That was, that was pretty freaking creepy. Like it really, really was. Uh, What did you think of the, uh, the twist where uh, the grabber owned two homes right across the street from each other. And then one of them was obviously empty where he buried the victims. And then there's one right across the street. Yeah, I don't know how much that really adds to the story because it, it's kind of becoming a bit of a cliche where at the end you have the police like kind of uh, breaking into a house to try to find the abductee and then mm-hmm. they're looking around and they find the basin, but then it's the wrong house. It's kind of like a becoming a common trope. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it felt pretty forced in this one. It's just, oh, it's across the street. It doesn't really add too much to it. Mm. I also... I don't, I don't really understand the the addition of the brother into the storyline. It's just kind of I was trying to figure out what the purpose was. Because he, he was also in Sinister, so I, but he has that relationship with um, the, with Scott Derrickson. So I can see why he brought him back. It's just trying to figure out wh- where his character fit because he's the brother of the Grabber and he doesn't know that he's got kids in the basement. But he's also researching where the grabber is. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't really end up leading to anything, no. except for when he does find the kid in the basement, and then he gets, gets axed. Yeah, I was literally about to say, yeah, literally just gets axed like across the head. I was like, man, like just when you're starting to like him, like you're not sure if, you, if he's gonna let him go, but then he's like, hey, he's like, you want to know how I found you? And Finney's like, no, like just get me out of here. You know what I mean? Like. I don't have, I don't, you know, I don't want to, before, you know, the grabber comes home, like, get me out of here. And then, of course, um, some brother on brother crime here. Some uh, Mufasa and uh, Scar crime here. Just kind of, yeah. So that was kind of, I I was starting to kind of like him, but I do agree with you. I don't know what his. It just kind of, it kind of mucks up the story because then you start thinking and it's like, Okay, so the grabber has these kids here, and then he's hanging out in the kitchen with a mask on for like hours on end. Wouldn't the brother see that at some point and question why you're wearing this mask, or is it just that he just accept the weirdness? So Max didn't really like he he had a like feeling that his brother was doing something weird in the basement, but it's like at one point you never just thought to go down there by yourself like while he's just out of curiosity like it took this long to be like i mean he's killed like what like three four kids already and you know the kids are essentially kind of trying to help uh finney escape and you know the whole the phone type situation where i really like how robin was teaching finney how to essentially stand up for himself by putting dirt in a, inside like unscrewing the old phone and putting dirt inside of it i thought that was pretty interesting 
Yeah, and then he and then he sets up like a, a home alone type trap for yep. him too. And then uh, <laughs> that's when that's when the crowd starts getting excited yeah. when that happens. Yeah, as, as soon as he started digging that hole, like in the middle, and he's jumping over, I'm like, yeah, that's obviously leading towards something. And I thought he was going to escape through the meat locker, but I guess not. Um, but it's it it was a really good movie all overall. I just I don't know. I there's something was missing from it. I guess like it could have been not necessarily maybe trim the fat, but like, I feel like some scenes could have been replaced with something else. Like, and, but it, it's, it's funny as it was seeing Max, you know, being hopped up on cocaine and stuff. Like he's trying to, he's like, it's all connected. He's like, Oh, the grabber lives in this area. And then one day he's just sitting there and he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just trying to figure out what that adds to the story. And I, I couldn't really, I agree. Come up with anything. I, I definitely agree for sure. Well, overall, you know, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very entertaining movie. I mean, this is uh, produced by Paramount Pictures, so I'm assuming at some point this will come to Paramount Plus as well. I also wanted to mention I really like the uh, the Bloom the Blumhouse. They have a new like uh, production intro with uh, Michael, Mikey Myers at the beginning. See, I didn't notice that at first, and I didn't even know this was a Blumhouse production movie until. You know, it started, but of course, you know, with horror movies, you kind of get all the other horror trailers and stuff. The one for Smile, the one you sent me earlier, was pretty. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's getting some hype on online. Yeah, we, it's a very dumb concept, but it was a good trailer. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see for that one. But I guess uh, before we get into final thoughts here, what would you, out of the horror movies you've seen this year, like where does this kind of stand for you? Does this stand more at the top, more at the bottom, or in the middle? Um. Well, I guess. I guess I've seen three this year. Um, so X scream in this. Okay. That's, yeah. Cause you never saw a man. Did you? No, I did not. Um, I mean, out of those three, it would probably be three, but it's not mm. like very far off. Right. They're all kind of similarly placed. Yeah. I think out of, out of the four I've seen, I, this one definitely is not at the bottom. I think men is like at the bottom as much as I enjoyed Jesse, Jesse Buckley's performance. I thought it was pretty good there, but I would have to say, Ooh, I mean, scream was good. But I think X was like just a top notch, just a little bit better than scream. Um, just because of, you know, the feel of it and just the, I really like the, the underlying theme of it as well. So definitely, X would be number one and then scream and then the black phone and then men uh, for sure. But I, I really did like this movie. This is a movie I would go back and watch. Like if, you know, I wanted to like show somebody I'm, I'm hoping it comes to Paramount plus. Cause you know, we've seen like Sonic come to Paramount plus Sonic the Hedgehog two, um, scream as well. Um, scream four, five, five. Yeah, definitely. And a few others. Uh, cooling like a quiet place and stuff. So hopefully this comes on Paramount Plus at some point. But Zevin, we're just going to turn our ratings here really quick um, in our final thoughts. What would you give The Black Phone? Yeah, overall, definitely very entertaining. Like I mentioned before, whatever, whenever you get uh, abductions and, and children into a story, it definitely elevates and heightens the just the, the tone of, of the scares because it's kids and you want to protect the kids. It was so creepy when he was when he's watching him sleep and he's like, why are you doing that? And then he's like, I just wanted to like, get a look at you. <laughs> he's like, like, hey, oh my God. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> it's like Bradley Cooper, but, <laughs> but very creepy. <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah, I just want to take another look at you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so what would you give your rating? But yeah, um, 
yeah, I mentioned a couple of the issues I had with some of the some of the storylines, just not really adding too much, and then just wanting more of the grabber. Also, come up with a better name than the grabber. We could have we could have done better. Maybe like I don't know, like the shadow, the ghost. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like the snatch, the white mask. But they would they wouldn't know he has a white mask though. So that is true. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like a magician, so he kind of had like the white mask. I guess that was his day job, which is actually kind of creepy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it like a I give it a solid eighty one. Um, mm. Definitely had some issues, but very entertaining, and you can definitely see see the vision. And Ethan Hawke is just amazing. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, for me, for my uh, score really quick, I just gave it a solid 80 uh, myself. I, I thought it was a good movie. I really, really did. Um, like I said, it wasn't like blown, blown away. Actually, I probably might tip this down to about, I get like 78, like a, a cool 78. This just, just a few notches down just because I really wish we would have saw more of uh, Ethan Hawke. But overall, I really did enjoy it. Like I, I thought it was very good. So 78 for me, you know, the, the performances all around were great. And like I said, um, with Gwen, uh, played by Madeline McGraw, she was definitely my favorite character next to Robin. Actually, Robin was not taking crap from no one. 100 yeah. percent. So he was <laughs> I was like, man, this kid's going <laughs> to grow up to be some kind of something. I don't know. An MMA fighter or something. I'm not entirely sure where you would channel that that uh, that energy into. But that concludes our review of the black phone. Again, this is playing only in theaters. Definitely go check it out. You know, if, if you're a big horror fan or just a big Ethan Hawke fan in general, if you're not a child or an infant. <laughs> Do not bring your infants to 10 p.m. showings of child abduction horror. Movies. That is such a like. That's just such an arbitrary time to not to see a movie, um, but it's such an arbitrary time to take your kids to see a movie. So I, I don't know what they're. It just made no sense. I, people these days, man, they they are crazy. So, as I said before, that concludes everything about our Black Phone review here on the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners out there, if you like what you heard here today, please, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast with a movie lover in need. And really quick, coming up next on the show, uh, we had a very busy week <laughs> this past week. I'm not sure if anyone out there has noticed, but we released four episodes. It was, I didn't realize it until like I dropped Miss Marvel. It's like, oh my God, we have like one more to go. So um, what came out on our channel previously, or our not channel, sorry, podcast, uh, we had our Lightyear review that is up on our podcast platforms. We also had our Umbrella Academy season three spoiler free review and our review of Miss Marvel episode three. And <laughs> we covered Obi-Wan Kenobi parts four through six to uh, round out the uh, ending of that series. So definitely if you're interested in any of that content or anything else that we have on the channel, podcast <laughs> on the podcast oh my gosh i'm i'm all over the place today so if you're interested in any of that stuff definitely go check out our episodes on podcast platforms around the internet and we hope you guys have a great day 
and we'll see you guys later on. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. We'll see you guys in the next one.